Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Success in Accounting. Sponsored by Dext. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Hello, this is Rob Brown here from Accounting Influencers, and this is the second in our series of panels we're doing for our Accounting Influencers Podcast Network, where we're interviewing some prominent and influential women leaders in accounting and fintech and talking about the topic of diversity and women in accounting generally. I have four terrific stellar guests with me today, and they're going to introduce themselves in just a moment. But this is an interesting topic, and it's one that's gathered momentum over the last few years, particularly since pandemic times. Ariana, let's start with you. Would you please uh, let the audience know who you are and what it is that you do? Sure, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Ariana Barakorite. I'm the Managing Director of Majors Accounts, which is a firm based in Southeast London. We work mostly with the SME community nationally, providing accounting and business consulting services. We're a very forward-thinking digital firm. Um, I myself am a member of, of ACCA um, and a panel member of the ACCA UK Practitioner Network panel and a forum member of the ACCA Global Forum. So you're not just running a firm, you're out there talking about running a firm and all the other topics, Ariana. That's one of the reasons you're here. You have a voice. Well, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> Excellent. Angela, lovely to have you with us. Please give us a little introduction. Right, I'm Angela Inouye. I'm in Trinidad, West Indies and Warm. Caribbean Island. I am the chairman of Aegis Business Solutions Limited, um, also the chairman of Eve Anderson Recruitment Limited and Caribbean Resourcing Solutions Limited. Those are two um, recruiting companies. My company is over 20 years, the others are about 51 and 25 years old. We offer really outsourcing services. So basically we do islands, companies all over, and but we're head office in Trinidad. And I'm really glad to be here with these wonderful panel here that is with me. And again, let's hope we have a great meeting. Diversity of thought. We love that. Francesca, welcome. You and I are old friends. You've been on our podcast before, but it's lovely to have you talking here with us on a topic that I know is very close to your heart. So please, a little introduction from you. Oh, it's good to be with you again, Rob, and uh, and hello to everybody on the panel too. A little bit jealous that Angela's sitting in somewhere an awful lot warmer than where I am today. Um, so I'm Francesca Lagerberg. I'm the global CEO for Baker Tilly. Uh, that's an international top 10 accounting firm. And so my background is accounting all the way. I've worked in professional services most of my life, a short diversion into industry for a couple of years, but mainly in professional services. And so I'm a chartered accountant, chartered tax advisor, uh, I'm a qualified barrister and I'm a fully trained senior practitioner in coaching. You've clearly got more hours in your day than the rest of us, Francesca, <laughs> because you've got a lot done. We're just going to bring uh, Julia Penny in right now. Uh, please say a little bit about you and what you do. In my day job, so to speak, which is sort of on hold for this year, I'm an accountant who deals with the technical and training side of account audit, financial reporting, money laundering. So that's me. Thank you, Julia. Let's kick off by asking what makes diversity such an important topic in these uh, accounting times? Uh, Ariana, let's start with you on that one, because I know you're an advocate for women in accounting. Yeah, I think women obviously give a lot in terms of diversity and skills to any workplace. A lot of them don't feel like they have the opportunity or maybe they do, but they are too worried to kind of go ahead and go for a role because they think, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. I know that myself, I'm um, kind of getting in, in the career, at every step I always thought, mm, I'm not sure, you know, can I do this, can I not, if I'd have just gone for it each time. I mean, I did go for it, but each time I was hesitant. But that's me pushing, I'm used to pushing myself a lot, but a lot of women don't push themselves, so they don't get the the right opportunities to really showcase what they can do. Um, but when given the opportunity, they can make a huge difference. Uh, I know within our firm and a lot of other firms, actually, they are, are worried about taking on women because there's the whole point of, oh, they might need to go on maternity leave. So at some point they're going to go anyway. We're going to need to find someone to replace them. And they've got kids that they need to look after. These are all concerns that a lot of firms have. But actually with us, we found that um, we allow women to work make work fit around their lives and we've done that with quite a few women a lot of them yeah they've all had children we've had one that's had three children whilst being with us but she's been amazing you know we've given her the opportunity to to make work 
work around her life and she's given us everything the maximum because she appreciates that and just the level of commitment and the level of, of work that we get from her is absolutely amazing and that's right through the board so it's just making sure that one they're able to push themselves to go for it and giving the opportunity which not as many firms i think um kind of see at what what could happen of course uh, that speaks more into the practical practical aspects of how we get women more involved in accounting francesca you've been in this game a long time may i say and uh diversity seems to be a, a much more talked about topic now than in recent years it, it really is i mean obviously i started very young rob so of course. Uh, yeah <laughs> you're like me just... you're very very late 20s very late 20s maybe creeping into the 30s um i mean unless you've been living under a rock you'd know that diversity is, is is such a hot topic such an important factor and it is it matters for all sorts of reasons well i mean why wouldn't you want to give everybody the best possible opportunities regardless of gender race anything why wouldn't you want to do that but there's some really interesting things about how businesses thrive when they're a little bit more diverse in their thinking and their approach there's a lot that suggests it's not about causation necessarily but is about correlation plenty of great research showing that firms that are more diverse make better decisions uh, are perhaps more uh, aware of what's going on in the broader world they resonate more with their clients they resonate more with the people that they work with but it's a massive talent attractor particularly for our younger generation they don't want to work in an organization that looks kind of a little bit homogenous doesn't look as exciting as the world that they normally operate in so i think from a the perspective of does diversity matter absolutely yes the much more difficult piece is how to bring it alive so it's not just a plan or initiative or a project it's about something real that's part of what we do julie you're president of the uh, institute of chartered accountants in england wales but you have an international remit with your organization as well is it fair to say accounting has been a traditionally male dominated environment why are we talking about diversity now yes i mean i think definitely when i when i started out i, I did an accounting degree as well before i uh, carried on with my training contract and i didn't realize when i started how many more men there were than women in accountancy at that time but increasingly we're getting much more level with with the junior people coming in so lots of female accountants coming into succession but of course we've still got a big um lack of balance sort of later on with more senior roles and i think some of it speaks to the points that ariana was saying about uh, flexibility and reluctance to have people in the roles. but i'd like to see that actually it, it's about people and not just women because for instance we don't question parents can hold a job down we, we question typically dare i say whether women can hold a job down when they have caring responsibilities but why not flip it on its head and say we all have responsibilities outside of the workplace and it should be important for everybody to be able to fulfill you know work if they're choosing to work able to work and private lives you know in a in a flexible way and i think we're we're starting to make a little bit of inroad Obviously, the fact at the moment is it is very much women who tend to get the, the raw end of the deal and where some adjustments need to be made because of how roles have developed, you know, over, over many, many years. So I think little steps being made, but still a long way to go to make sure that we get the best out of everybody. Well, we'll come up with some solutions to how we get the best out of everyone. Angela, we're talking about diversity and minorities here, uh, women specifically. Is diversity an important topic where you are in the Caribbean? Well, I think diversity is really an international issue. But for me, the way I would look at diversity is really when you look at the, the difference in terms of perspectives, they're very different perspectives is one of the things. And also they're very different shared experiences. And to me, that is what diversity brings. So that within the group of accountants or whatever it is you have, um, we are talking accountants here, it is good to have the benefit of that perspective and that shared experiences for individuals and for the business as well. I mean, I, I throw this part where, um, like uh, was being said, it was uh, in my days, um, I'm a baby boomer. So of course it was only men. In fact, I was like maybe the second female. Um, I, I was the first woman partner in Pricewaterhouse, okay? And what, what I found is that I, perhaps just did what I had to do. And therefore, I think now, if you look at it, there are more women in the accounting field than there are men. 
In fact, at universities, when you go and, you, and a man actually gets the degree, you really have to clap so loud because it's so many women. Where are the men? So, you know, I think we may be looking at trend where, uh, you know, the man could actually be now <laughs> the, the species that disappears in the, in the accounting field because I think that is what is happening. So that's as much as I would say because there's lots of questions maybe you'd want to ask. There is research that says 53% of accountants in practice are women, 47% men, but women are chronically underrepresented in positions of leadership. So let's talk about your own careers, ladies, for the moment, because in many respects, you've risen to the top of your field. I'm not saying you can't go any higher and do different leadership roles, but you would be considered by people watching this video as having got to the top. And I wonder how much of a fight that has been or how easy that's been for you. Uh, Francesca, let's start with you on that one. Just talk us briefly through any pivotal points in your career and your journey to the top. Yes, well, yes, I, I, um, I think there's a whole bunch of things that uh, that a real pivotal points in in whether you stay and actually fight through to those senior roles and whether you don't. And I think a lot of people opt not to go through to senior roles because it is very difficult. It can be very difficult. And I, I'd like to hope that as we all progress forward, we're making it easier for the generation that comes behind. The couple of things I think that, that really stand out for me in terms of my own career it is a bit like many people said, I kind of assumed that I couldn't really do some things. So I, I had to kind of change my mindset about the fact I didn't need to be good at absolutely everything to go after some of the roles. Uh, if I was good at some of those things and I could learn about others, that would be good enough. And, and I think there is a bit of a male-female piece around that. Women often want to be good at all of the things before they put themselves forward. So that was a big learning for me. Another big learning wasn't waiting to being asked. Don't sort of assume that someone's going to come around and tap you on the uh, metaphorical shoulder and go, your time has come. Well done. You, you know, you have to make sure that you're creating your networks, talking to people, really trying to get some decent feedback. And it took me a while to realise that I had to go and seek that. It wasn't always going to happen. I needed to go and ask those questions. So another pivotal moment was actually realising that sometimes your best sponsors are people who perhaps do fulfil that category of, of looking like another generation. And I was really lucky to have some great male sponsors and mentors who gave of their time and their experience. And you hear it these days called allyship. But really, it's about having people who fight your corner, who go, actually, she's got potential. Give her a chance. She might not look quite like the past. She might not look like the people you would normally uh, go and put into these roles. But give her a go. I think she could do a really good job here. And I was lucky enough to have a few people who did that. And I'm a huge fan uh, of, of getting that sponsorship from people who've made it, got to those roles. Um, and perhaps the very last but huge important part for me was having uh, employment relationships where there was great flexibility around being, how I worked and the way that I worked. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of what these days we'd call hybrid working. Uh, in my days, it, it didn't have a name. It was kind of that weird thing that not many people did. So I've been lucky enough to work in a very flexible way for pretty much all my career, which means not always having to be in the office or coming in earlier, leaving earlier, coming in later, leaving later, having that flexibility, which I think the whole world has woken up to now as being a way of trying to find good mechanisms that help everybody work in a more effective way. Hmm. We perhaps might argue, Ariana, that it's easier now. Did you ever feel, you talked about your drive earlier, that you had to work twice as hard to get the same opportunities as men got, or am I being a little bit controversial? There? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we have to, from my experience anyway. I was always the type where I tended to keep quiet, keep my head down and work hard because I had a vision of where I needed to go. And in order to do that, I needed to, to fulfill certain steps and fulfill certain hours because it was a, a mindset, I had a mindset of, if I don't work this much, I'm never gonna move on to the next stage. I have to fulfill my cup at each stage in order to, to move up. Um, and <clears throat> as a result of that, it's not a, a case of where I would talk about, you know, I can do this and I've got this skill, or it was a case of, yeah, I can do it. I don't need to go around telling people about it. I just get on with it, keep my head down. Um, so I think for me, the, <clears throat> the kind of, change I guess within my career was when I started to network and believe it or not I didn't start networking till 2019 and I think that generally the accounting field is very much oh, I don't want to speak to someone else because they're my competitor and they might you know <clears throat> take my ideas or so on but after that I started networking and started talking about what I could do people would actually say oh wow that's amazing and you think really 
I thought that was just standard. I thought that's what everybody knew. I didn't think that I was doing anything special. And then meeting people, you create your own voice, your personality, opinions, which I never thought I should have. Um, <clears throat> so really connecting with, with others in the field really opened my eyes to what I can actually do. And my vision or my goal of where I wanted to be changed so much. I thought I can do way more than I thought in, in my head. In, in my world, I had this like, oh, I'm going to get there and that's it. But actually, there's so much more that I can do. And that comes from speaking to people and connecting with, with other people within the field. And my role model was also a male, was also, was actually, in fact, my dad, because he's very much kind of, you have to go and get this. There's no reason no one can stop you. As long as you're well and healthy, there's no reason why you cannot go and do something. So he instilled that within kind of our life as he was an army major, by the way, as well. So you can imagine what life was like growing up with him. Um, but whatever I did, it was a case of, okay, you got, let's say I'd get 100% in a school exam. He'd be like, and it was out of 100 anyway. What have you done that's so special? So every step, he always pushed me for, for more. And I guess that's where I got it. But you need to have, I think, people around you that can help realize and, and push you along and open your eyes to, to what you can do. And I think from that point on, that's where I changed the way that I run the business, changed the business completely, turned it into a digital practice. And I've got so many more goals with the business now as a result of speaking to more people and seeing what's out there. And uh, Angela, the message is coming over very strongly here that we've got to do it by ourselves, but we can't do it alone. So you said you were the first female partner at uh, at your big four firm, how has your career gone? And have you had allies along the way? Well, to tell you the truth, um, I think I, I always work as if the business was mine. That That's my mentality. And I only discovered in 2008, I think, when I was getting ACC award, apparently they asked me a lot of questions, like when I got qualified, and I don't remember half of those things. And um, so I had to ask the, the partner, because I'd left Pricewaterhouse now, but it had, yes. And I said, uh, could you give me an idea? Like, when did I get qualified? When did I do this? I mean, I don't remember it. She said, you know what? I want to send you a file. So I thought, okay, she's going to send me a file. But when I got the file, in those days, I never told you anything about, you know, like now we, we actually mentor people and we tell them what we think of them. I never got any of that. So when I got the file now, I'm learning for the first time. I'm a junior. So one of the seniors, no, he was a senior manager at the time, said, if we have any more juniors like this, we'll all be out of jobs. Then one of the partners said, the almost perfect auditor. Now, listen to me. This is in 2006. I'm learning about this. And I started as a trainer of only seven days, right? So like, I'm learning for the first time. They were, they were so scared to lose me. I, if I only knew that, I would have jammed them. That is some lightning. That's sorry if you hear anything in the background. Um, so, so they wanted to make me a manager. And they were about somebody who was 12 years old. So they made two of us a manager. Now, when they offered me partnership. It took me six months ahead. And I said, so soon, because I'm not looking at for it, because I'm thinking, it is a man's will. I am nowhere there in my mind is this whole thing about being a partner. So six months pass, I tell my husband, you know, I'm not sure that, are you hearing me? Because it is rain behind me outside. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Um, so I, I, so I said to my husband, you know, it'd be more work. I don't think we should, I don't need this. I could do something else. Six months passed, they called me. Angela, we offered you partnership. You haven't told us what you wanted. So I run back to my husband and said, you sure should take this? I mean, my people work, no, blah, blah, blah. He said, don't be stupid, you should take it. So that's how I took it. So to tell you the truth, I have to tell you, I did not feel pressure. Coming up in my career, I did not feel pressure. But what I will say to you is this, I had great mentors. I had absolutely great mentors. And that is a key thing, I think, in my own career. Just to finish off this particular thing, it, role models clearly are important. A lot of women I speak to saying, as I was coming through my career, I didn't see many women like me. I didn't see people like me. Minorities I speak to, there was nobody like me. And it's interesting that a couple of you at least have said, well, men were important in opening doors for me and ushering me into boardrooms and getting me into the right conversations and having faith in me as an individual that pushed me on. Any additions to that around your role models before we move on, anybody? There was a part now which really got me angry. I'm a very substantive person. Those of you in Orton, you check everything 100%, you sure it's all right. But he had the ability to flip a bloody page in the file and say, Angela, if only had walked through the system, you would not have had to do so much work. I would want to kill him because he was so, you know, in the control side of it, compliance. Anyhow, knowing that I hated him, but when I say hated him, you know what I mean? He's just so different to me. Um, I said to him when he was 
due to retirement, we're moving offices. I said, where is David Hill sitting? I want to be right next to him, the office right off to him. By this time now, I'm a partner. So I say to him, David, I know you're going to retire in the next two years. Before you leave, I want to know everything there is in your head before you leave. So every morning before I go, I go into his office, says, what are your problems? They oh, so in half an hour, solve all my huge problems within an hour. So every day for two years, I went into his office. And then what was so nice, he's an introvert to the extreme and I am an extrovert. So one day he leaned out my desk, the office says, Angela, I want to know what you think is the answer to so-and-so. So I looked at, I said, what do you mean, my gut? He said, yes, what do you think? So I said, when I say it's 100, now I know he's an introvert, so he internalized it. I said, by the way, what is your answer? He says, 50. I said, my gosh, I swear he's right. He says, no, Angela, the answer is midway between the two of us. Do you, do you understand that learning? I mean, it's amazing. So sometimes he would even come into my office in the night and says, okay, Angela, I want to just tell you my thought process in this matter. And he would sit down and expound. This is why I say your mentors are amazing, if you have them. But Julia, your career has been plain sailing to the top, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, no, not, <laughs> not quite. I would say that I would reflect a lot of those points that have been said. So I've had important men in my life that have sort of, you know, promoted me when I wasn't expecting it because I was working hybrid, you know, as Francesca has, has said, and thought, well, that would be, yeah, I'd have a job, but I wouldn't possibly get promoted. But actually, the, the boss, who was a man, didn't see any difference. He said, well, no, you're still, you know, doing good work. You can still be promoted just because you're working part time, just because you're working hybrid. So that's, that's really important networking absolutely really important but i think you know that there have been challenges i back off maternity leave with my first child um which was quite challenging to deal with and probably had you know quite an impact on how bullshy i became <laughs> in terms of trying to you know then carve something out that that i thought would work for me and my my family um and then i think i had you know some really good moments with with helpful mentors and then as you get a little bit higher i think again i found you know the the pressure that well oh gosh you're only getting that because you're a woman um without the well you don't get that because you're a woman hang on a minute you can't you can't have all of the good things being oh well it's just women getting chosen over men for things now and so you know there's i would say now there's um there's been a lot of progress over the last you know 30 years or whatever but there's, there's still quite a way to go at that top end particularly so i think it's getting better from from the bottom up obviously i'm not starting my career so i can't really quite say if that's really the case but it seems to to be like that still some challenges though when i talk to women leaders in accounting some of them speak of a gender blindness where I didn't really notice that there were more men than women. It wasn't really a thing that there were not enough women in accounting. Uh, but other women talked to me about a defeminization that they've had to compromise who they are to a degree to, because they couldn't be bolshy like you, Julia. They couldn't be driven. They couldn't show ambition. It was something of a dirty word. So uh, let's come to you first on this one, Angela. Being a woman in a man's world, were there any challenges or threats to your to what you wanted to be in your life? Well, first of all, let me say, auditing, when I was brought up, you were always right. That was the amazing ridiculousness. You don't know one thing, but you were always right. I then went into accounting because they needed it. And let me tell you, I loved it because you know why? I was dealing for the client, right? So I would score points because it's, you have to provide, you have to give this provision for bad debt, blah, 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 blah. It played havoc with my personality because I wasn't like that. Now, because it was so much a man's good in my days, I only dressed in pastel shades. Light pink, light green, light blue. You'd never see me in a suit. Never. Is that It's safe it's that way, fun. isn't it? In pastel. Yeah, so just make sure you know I'm female, right? But I had some time to take a hard life. So when I became in, in charge of training of price jobs, that's the first thing I dispelled from all what it does. Don't for one moment think you know more than the person sitting across the table. You don't. What you have is a broad perspective which you can bring, but you don't. And you see, we we brought up with that sort of mentality, which is really the thing to me. You're so righteous as you would I'm going to use in my days, right? So clearly, I would say 
there was the conscious effort for me to be female and not be a male. The, the other thing is, yes, there were challenges, and I will tell you if you can't tell, but I am all of four feet, seven inches. Think of me 50 pounds lighter, long straight hair with a ponytail, looking like a real school. So I am doing this insurance company, it's the largest insurance company. And I could talk to execs, but I can't get above that. I can't get to the, you know, the board. So what do I do? I go straight into the partnership. I say, guys, there's a real important plan. I need a man to front and I will do all the work because I, I look like a school girl. So they don't think, even though I'm a partner, they don't think I have a brain. So I take one of the guys and uh, he's fronting. I'm doing all the research and I did all the research to bring property into the statutory fund for the insurance company. And I'm fighting across the table with a lawyer who's telling me, Andrew, you can't do that. I say, read clause 12 and tell me why I can't do it. So let me tell you, it is only then I got their respect because what I was able to do, they haven't had anybody do it, but I know I could do it. But the thing is, I had to get, to me, that was a strategy. I just need a man to front, but he obviously didn't want thing that was going on. I was doing all the work. So yes, that what I will tell you is a good example, but I don't want to take up time because there were lots of other people to listen to. Francesca, nobody stood in your way, did they? There were no challenges or threats <laughs> along the way for you? No, totally smooth sailing. Uh, like, I remember vividly being in a meeting when my first would be like big meetings with lots of more senior people in it. And, and I'd, I'd come in through, I was, I was training at a big full firm and the intake had been very gender balanced. You know, a lot of women, a lot of men at that stage coming in. I remember going to this first important meeting and I was looking around the room and I was going, oh my goodness, I, I'm, I'm pretty much the only woman here. Then I spotted two other women in the room. I thought, okay, that's that's kind of reassuring. That's quite good. And I realized one of them was the secretary taking the notes and the other person was there to go and fetch the tea. And I thought, and I thought, oh, what is this about? This is really strange. And, and, and I think it was actually only when I saw it in such a visual and forceful way that it suddenly struck me that perhaps there was a little bit of work that we had to do. But I, I think from the perspective of where things have moved on, that's really encouraging to see, A, that we talk about it, that we have we make efforts to try and make a difference. And also, I think there's a much bigger recognition this day that that kind of world is just not acceptable. But also, why on earth would you want to go out and attract great, interesting, intelligent talent and then not help them go through that training process to reach their full potential? What is the point of trying to get equal numbers of people coming into our profession, but not giving them equal opportunities? So I'd like to hope that we're a lot smarter these days, but I think our incoming talent is a lot more in a really positive way, much more demanding because they they would absolutely challenge that kind of setup. And they go, well, we don't look like our clients. We don't look like the, the things that we say on the page. We're not living up to our values. I think that's one of the massive positives of the new the new generation of accountants is they find all of that behavior that perhaps we took a little bit as a oh, that's all the way it works. They don't accept it and they challenge it. And so they should. So I think it's a great reverse mentoring moment. What is it that when you're in your 20s today that you're seeing and what is it that we can learn from our new generation of intake as well? Yeah, Julia, we're so woke now, aren't we? We're so uh, sensitive to this and uh, you can't be prejudiced in any way. You can't put people down. Uh, you've got to allow people to be authentic. Otherwise, you're a saboteur or you're a, you're a uh, you're going against everyone. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it is absolutely vital that that we allow people to be their authentic selves to really bring the talents that they have because we each have different talents. And if you start to sort of squash one element of, you know, whatever it is, whether it's gender or another aspect of diversity and say, oh, we don't want to see that, then all of a sudden your conversations around the board table or whichever other table work-wise you're at become one-sided. They don't see all of the positives and negatives. You get worse decisions. Um, I've sat around lots of tables with uh, mostly men, and I would have to say in, in years gone by, there was probably that gender blindness in the fact that I was so used to just seeing a, a sea of men. It, it didn't really register that that's what there was. But now we are living in a different world. As you say, the youngsters coming through just don't accept this as a, as a valid excuse. And now... I sit in a room and if it's mostly men and it's just me as the only female, I'm sort of looking, thinking, hang on a minute. And then I'm listening to the conversation thinking, well, I'm not sure you're quite getting across all the nuances that I'm used to hearing when we have a more diverse set of people around the table. And, and that is much wider than just gender. So, you know, that 
um, different race attitudes, um, people of different abilities, if they've got disabilities, all sorts of things need to come to the table for us to, to be the best we can. And with such shortages of talent, you know, why would we not make the most of all of the talent that we have? Ariana, I'm a father of two daughters and uh, we've got two female dogs as well in our house. So I, I'm very much on your side, as it were, but there must have been people growing up in your life that said, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? You can't do that. Was it like that? Not growing up, although yeah, I guess. So I started an accountancy at the age of 13. So um, I had, <clears throat> after a few years, obviously I didn't speak to clients at the age of 13, but a few years down the line, I had learned enough to be able to start having meetings with clients, um, corresponding, requesting paperwork, request queries, things like that. And I, the ch I had challenges twofold. One, oh, she's so young. She doesn't know anything. And, oh, she's a woman as well. Bless her. A bit so condescending. That, exactly. And they're like, don't worry. I'm sure you will get very far later on in life. And, you know, you'll reach your pot potential at some point. And that was just so frustrating. So during that time, I thought, okay, the only way to be taken seriously is I can't be happy and smiley anymore because they take that as, oh, bless this woman, you know. And I, even the way that I hold myself, the way that I dress, I changed it into a very serious um kind of dress sense and persona when I'd speak to them I was like right we're getting down to business what I need is xyz and that's when they started to take me seriously and they thought okay she means business so they started to speak to me more and started to trust me and it, looking back on it I just think that wasn't me but that was the only way I was going to be taken seriously you know I had no choice but to act like that and um I went to a an event that was full of kind of world leaders business leaders and they were all men and I was the only woman at that point I was still dressed in my suit and you know dark suit not light colors either because I don't want to stand out too much so I could fit in and be like yeah I'm serious just like you guys as well um and you know when they first saw me they were like oh what's a woman doing here and just the way they spoke to me initially was so condescending and I had to fight to, to show them actually I deserve my place here just as much as uh, as you have come here and have got your place but initially it was so condescending and I'd say after a few hours they're like okay no she means business we can't mess around but having to always have your guard up throughout your career is not easy and I think now that I've got confidence and you know I've I've learned how I want to be in business and how I want to portray myself now I've gone back to being myself and not having to be so serious but I'm able to switch as needed, depending on the individual that I'm speaking to. But growing up or going through your career like that and having to try harder, because you know, automatically when you walk into a room, you need to be careful because some people are gonna see you one way, some or another, and you wanna make sure that you're taken seriously, you know, you deserve to be there. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't plain sailing. And um, yeah, it's, I think it's something where probably nowadays as well, women have to have the same kind of persona in a way I think it's getting better but you still need to show that serious side of yourself to initially be accepted well let's stay with you Ariana for this next question on leadership style there's talk of a more compassionate authentic vulnerable feminine style of leadership that seems to be popular whereas the males would be perhaps a bit more testosterone driven and a little bit more power hungry in their approach how would you describe your leadership style yeah, I'm not very compassionate, I have to say, because I thought that that would not take, make, you know, make people take me seriously. Okay, a sign of weakness, perhaps. Exactly, exactly. So my, my way of thinking was I've got to act like a man would if I'm going to be taken seriously. However, I think just because of my role, um, I've taken a, a very kind of transformational leadership role. That's probably because of what I have to do within the business, you know, focusing on the future, focusing on change of people and so on. But it is um, a lot more conservative. I don't have, um, sometimes, I don't know whether I've lost this now because I've had to put on this persona for, from so early on. If someone comes to me for, you know, they want to talk about their feelings, I may inside, I totally get it, but on the exterior, you'll just see a completely blank face. And my sister actually says to me, she's like, I'm never going to come to you for anything in, relating to emotions because you just come up to me and you're like, right, you feel this way? X, Y, Z, this is what we're going to do. This is the plan of action. Get on with it. No time to think about it. You know, don't have that time to wallow and feel emotions. I'm like, put those to the side, 
get on with what you need to do and you'll reach where you need to be. Um, and she's like, but that's not what I need. <laughs> I need you to kind of feel a little bit or, or say, I understand how you feel, but I think that's just come from, this is how I've had to be. So um, I don't know, maybe in the future that will change. I think it's very difficult. And that's something that I, I'm now, it, it's, it's a knock on effect, you know, <laughs> having an issue. Julia, what's your leadership style like? Oh, I, I try to be open and transparent. Um, and I try to promote that, that we should all be kind to each other and kind in the broadest of senses, because some of this, this gender um, issues, for want of a better word, that we're talking about, really just relax and come from a lack of respect for the individual, because it doesn't, it shouldn't matter what you are, male, female, other, etc. It shouldn't matter. People should always be respectful, shouldn't just assume that you can't do your job, as Ariana was, was saying. And therefore, to me, we have to say, okay, well, let's all be like this. Let's all be kind to each other. However, the reality is we, we don't get that. And then you need to be firm. And then you need to say, no, no, this is not what is permitted. And you call people out. So you do need that, that strong persona. I think you do need to say, no, this is not behavior that, that is acceptable. And we need not to fall into traps of getting so used to something that, that we don't even see that it's happening. So we need to be aware. And, and that's, I think, where that, you know, woke culture that you, you talked about, there is much more of an awareness of these things going on that are offensive to people, which belittle people, which cause their careers not to be able to progress, you know, whatever it is. And if we call them out often enough and soon enough, when it's just a small issue, we will end up with much better workplaces, um, hopefully much happier people because we'll all be being nicer to each other. So open, honest, um, but clear as to, you know, what the expectations are of, of everybody to contribute to a world which is more effective, um, but also happier for everybody to be in. It sounds like the recipe for general leadership, never mind whether you're a man or a woman, it's just respecting people. Uh, Angela, are you, are you a let's get it done masculine style of leader or a more vulnerable feminine leader or is that too categorized. You no, know, I think, uh, let me just give you a little bit of background. When Pricewaterhouse, I was there, we were doing, um, the first time I did Myers-Briggs, we were trying to do a team building exercise. So <clears throat> we all had good judgment. We were equally spread between introverts and extroverts. And I was the only one that was perceptive and intuitive. So I said, shit, I've been in the wrong profession all my life. <laughs> so I go up to Dr. Pat Battle, she was from New York. I say, Pat, how come I'm the only one like this? Have I been in the wrong profession? Or oh, yes, I really thought so. She says, no, Angela, what it is, they need more of you. If I know to look at the partners that have left Pricewaterhouse, I withdrew from Pricewaterhouse. Eh? I withdrew from the partnership because I heard people talking about accounting and auditing, how you could do both of them. And I said, well, but we've been without all the time, but there's a time we're not gonna be able to do it. So I just had a partners meeting. I said, guys, why don't I withdraw from this partnership? And you continue to do what you should do, which is auditing. And I'll do the other things. So my, my thing here is I am very empathic. I'm not going to lie to you, but I do believe in being authentic and genuine. What you see is what you get. Now, my company is like a family company. And if you come into Trinidad, people say we are number one in terms of culture, even though we are who we are, because I know what's going on with my stuff. I know. I know somebody is having problems in their marriage, this, they did, they did. I know. And that is because they feel very comfortable to come and talk to me about it. And I would listen. So you have to learn to be empathic, but at the same time, you have to learn to have detachment so that you can listen, decide what needs to be done, but be there for them. Because sometimes all they need is a listening ear. So that's it for me. I'm not going to say any more. I think that because I, I don't want to check other people. Francesca, a listening ear sounds very maternal in its approach and perhaps not what men might think of in leadership. But what is your style? Uh, well, actually, a lot of what's been said really resonates with me in terms of that flex, because I think if you're going to be leading, you're not always going to be following a single style. And um, authenticity, I'm a big fan of that. You know, I, I am what I am for all my faults and all my all my things I'm, I'm better at. Uh, but I think there's an ability to flex to suit the occasion which I think several people have talked about. I, I always remember meeting someone who did leadership training with horses. It was called equine uh, leadership. And it was an extraordinary program. And uh, you know, horses obviously very big, they're very powerful. They don't want to do something, they really don't do it. 
and and the she had three leadership styles that she was articulating and it really resonated for me is sometimes you have to lead from the front and sometimes in very difficult circumstances you have to take the stance you have to move forward you have to make sure things are being driven sometimes you lead from behind because you actually let the, the People are doing what they're great at. You're there, you're supportive, you're around. It's the empathy point you're talking to, Angela. It's about you're there, you're the safety net, if you like, but you're not actually having, you're not command and control and you're doing something that is sort of the, the back end of the horse element. But a lot of the time you're just running alongside each other. And that's the coaching mentality, which is a leadership style that I feel most comfortable with because you don't, you don't, you're not going to have all the answers. No one does. But listen carefully, take on, um, learn all the time and be there to be um, asking great questions, being curious about what's going on and then using that coaching mentality to help get the best out of your people. We're very, very lucky. We're working a profession that attracts incredibly bright individuals um, and therefore we've got a large skill set that we can pull on. So I like that flexibility style. I think at times you need to be at the front, sometimes you're at the back, but most of the time you need to be right there alongside. Yeah, that's great. We're going to, as we bring things to a close, just look at some very practical solutions, best practice, what really works. Uh, so a quick fire round this one, any top tips for culture? So Julie, I'll start with you on this one. For leaders uh, of all backgrounds in setting a culture that embraces a more diverse workforce and, and greater inclusiveness, what would you say quickly? I think culture is really complicated. You have to probably do it alongside, as Francesca would say, because you've got to bring people with you. But you might have to also do some of those leadership moments when you say, OK, look, time has moved on. This is how we want our culture to be. Um, surveys to try and understand where you are now and where you need to, to move to, to build a culture which is genuinely inclusive, which really takes everybody on the journey for, for success. I think would be my sort of one tip there. Fantastic. Uh, Angela, what would you say about culture very quickly, things that really work in setting an inclusive culture? Well, you know, I think part of it, it really boils down to your recruitment and retention strategies, right? At the end of the day, as a leader in my business, it's important that I really work with my HR team and hiring managers so that you retain the best. Obviously, I say to people, hard to come in, but easy to go. That's how I look at it. Um, and a big part of it is there's so many different tests you do now, depending on what, you, what you're looking for, that you, you, you can narrow down. But I, I do think it, it really is important that you really work with your HR team, depending on what it is you're looking for. It has to be very clear. What are the traits you're looking for in people? I think, as I say to people, technical skills, you could buy that. That's so easy to have fun. But you see these soft skills, that is the hard skills. Data cover. So I spend a lot of money training my people in soft skills because that is what gets you to the top, not the hard skills, which is the technical side. The one thing I just want to say, I think the real Irona has justified that I've got a point. This is a line I give my staff. If you are not networking, you are not working. But let me change that word networking so you understand what it is. If you are not building relationships, you are not working. That is what networking is. It's not meeting 10 million people, you know, it's building those relationships is what gets you fantastic i'm just reaching for exhibit a my book build your reputation and in it i say that your network is who you know and your reputation is who knows you and you build your reputation by building your network so that really really resonates and so thank you for that and uh culture to finish uh we have um who am i up to i'm looking at my list right here i apologize francesca have we come to you on culture uh, finish with some words of advice on what works with culture. Thank you. I'm delighted to. Um, and uh, I think probably one of the big ones that we've perhaps not covered, but is sitting there is consistency. Di diversity isn't about a programme or initiative. It's about everyday cultural change. Are you consistent day in, day out? Are you actually living the things that you talk about? Are you doing the things that you talk about? And if you say this is really hard, it is. It's really difficult. And that means you have to do it every day and can't give up on it and keep pushing through. Because if we don't make a change, if we don't make this part of how businesses work, um, we, we've, we've let the next generation down. So it's incumbent on everybody, male, female, whatever that, uh, whatever group we fall into, to make sure that some of the conversations that we're having about our early start in our careers are not the start that people in our profession have. And they see a very different world, a better world, um, so be consistent. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Thank you for that. And uh, the final question, I'm going to ask you for closing remarks to address these to the females listening. 
And uh, I, I suppose to be politically correct, I could say females and the males and everything in between with all the, the genders that we've got these days. Our podcast has thousands of listeners in 150 countries, but we don't know how many of them are female and how many are male. We suppose they're representative of the accounting and fintech profession generally. But uh, Julia, I'm going to start with this one to wrap things up for us. Closing remarks, addressing the females, you've walked the path, you've been down the road, you've been on a journey, you've arrived, many of them might think. So a couple of career or life tips for women in accounting who want to become leaders, get promoted, reach the top, or just get more recognized and accepted what would you say to that um, it's been mentioned already and networking 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 it is all about people and understanding people them understanding you you understanding and learning from other people is is just key to the whole thing and so i would say that that's tip number one tip number two be forgiving of yourself of everybody else because we all make mistakes and we can all learn from our mistakes and that is tip number three learn constantly learn because if you stop thinking that you can learn or you stop learning then you are on a slippery slope to nowhere network be forgiving and learn thank you yes you just reminded me of a quote by eric hoffer that said uh, to learn something you can't be too arrogant to think that you can't learn and you also uh, can't be too negative in thinking that there's there's nothing out there that can't enhance your cause so i'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit but that idea of constantly staying on top of things, building your business awareness and acumen so that you can speak strategically about a lot of things rather than tactically, that's definitely going to help. Angela, what are your closing thoughts to the women in accounting to help them do better in their roles? Well, I would agree with Julia. Networking, networking, networking is absolutely key, right? Um, because in any business, it is who know you or who know of you. Because a lot of business come to me that I don't know the people, but it's people who know me, tell them about me, right? And I knock with not a day passes that I don't get new work. So I'm telling you, it's the network. The other thing I think in whatever accounting field it is, get fully qualified in what it is. Or at least you have the technical expertise and learn new things. Learn new, I mean, I'm be honest, I just did a business coaching course and coaching and then it's business coaching and business consulting. The business consulting is easy because that's what I do. But coaching is about not giving the answers. It's pulling the questions. So it's a different skill altogether. To me, you never stop learning. You just never stop learning. I've gone on doing one on intuition because well, I go with my intuition, but I thought, well, let me learn more about it. So it's all about having open mind and particularly being a baby boomer. And I have to deal with millennials like Z, X, Y, and Z. I intend to understand where their brain is. I have no intention of a baby boomer mind. So that means I keep learning. Francesca, you mentioned earlier the coaching qualification you have. You must see that as a key part. What would be your closing remarks to our female listeners to help them in their roles? Oh, there we go. I'm muting myself. Um, well, there's so much there uh, that you've already had uh, some great examples of. Um, I, in addition to learning, I'd be curious, stay curious ask questions, ask, ask about things that you're not sure about. So that gives you a, a better understanding of the things that aren't, aren't really clear, but that drives a learning mentality. I'm a huge fan of coaching as a, a way to manage yourself uh, personally, but as a way to work with the teams that you begin to get uh, some ability to work with. Uh, so, so give yourself an ability to, to deal with teams and work with people. That sort of speaks to the relationship point that, that Julia mentioned so well. And I suppose last but not least, kind of get some believe in yourself you you didn't get where you are today without having some skill set and to have a belief that actually even if you don't manage to succeed at everything you want to do failure is just about another lesson it's not really failure it's about learning so don't be scared to give something a go even if it doesn't work out because if it doesn't work out the first time it might the second it will teach you something so don't be frightened about failing be brave and uh, and there are plenty of people who want you to succeed and if you can, if you can, if you can latch into that, you'll realize there is a support network waiting for you there. I love that. And uh, I saw a great quote today that says, don't end your life with lots of I wish I had. End your life with a lot of I'm glad I did. And that speaks to being courageous. So that's very good. Ariana, closing remarks from you. I, I, I haven't asked you about this. I've been a little bit personal, but with your name, I would suggest that you are a minority in terms of your background, but also you're a female in accounting as well. So uh, talk to us about 
what the women and minority people can do to maybe overcome things that they're fighting against to get to where they want to be? Um, personally, I don't think being a, min a minority is a disadvantage just because of my mindset. I think um, following on from what you were just saying uh, with you know being courageous with anything, I speak up. The worst, I've always had this, the worst that can say to you is no. But what if they say yes? What if you do go ahead and achieve what you, you know, what you want to do? And it could be something that you never dreamed of. You know, I dreamed of going to Oxford University, right? That was my dream as a child. I never thought I would. It's one of those where you just think, ah, oh, that would be cool, but it's never really going to happen. And you know what? One year I applied, I thought, worst they can say is no. If they say no, oh, well. But they said yes. And at that point, I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, you know. So, But life is like that in, I'd say, in every aspect. So be courageous, speak up um, and just see. And no question, I would say, is a stupid question. You know, whatever your question is, just say it, speak up and you will find the right answer. Or, you know, you will find, actually, I already knew that. So that, that was fine. Um, and also, like everybody else said, build relationships. There is networking, but go a bit further build those relationships um, in, in all areas of life. And I think that that makes a huge difference. And that's what's accelerated uh, my career. These two, I'd say, mindsets um, and what I do in my life have really changed where I was to where I am now. Well, thank you so much to all of you. I'm reminded of this saying that you've got to do it by yourself, but you can't do it alone. And it speaks to courage. It speaks to being curious. It speaks to all of the things you've said. And you are the mentors and coaches now of the generations coming up after you to help women blaze a trail, but just stay in their rightful place in leadership roles in accounting. So I'd like to thank you all so much for your candor and your passion and your insights in contributing to this wonderful panel today. And uh, hopefully we're given some inspiration and some practical tips to create a world in which diversity and inclusion are just non-topics. And we're all gender blind and it is about how good we are at our job rather than our name or where we came from. So thank you all so much for taking part and uh, we'll see you on another panel, hopefully in the future. Take care. Thanks everyone. Bye Bob. Thanks very much. Thank you. Lovely to chat to you all. Improve your practice while decreasing how hard you work to make your firm really fly. Sponsored by Dext.